Welcome to this episode of the Bike Through Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you? As good as ever. Uh, glad to be back on the air. Um, big week, obviously, for Penn State Wrestling, as most fans know. And uh, good to be back with you. Yeah, Penn State will go to Columbus on Friday. Um, I'm sure many of the listeners are going on the Penn State Wrestling Club uh, bus, so have fun out in Columbus. I, I thought about it, but decided not to. But uh, before we get to the Ohio State match, uh, we need to discuss the two matches from last weekend against Wisconsin and Northwestern. Yeah, two more wins for Penn State. Uh, went into Madison, got a good victory, which will break down, and then uh, came home and faced a beleaguered Northwestern team in front of a somewhat restless Rec Hall crowd. Yeah, but it, it was the biggest Rec Hall crowd of the year, I guess. Oh. What I read. Good for the Wildcats. Something needs to go right for them this season. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess. So, yeah, so let's go to this Wisconsin duel uh, Friday night uh, at Wisconsin. Um, and we start at 157, which is uh, not that fun place for other teams to start because that means uh, you, you start uh, with uh, Jason Nolf and uh, our favorite game. Clay, what, what did Jason Nolf do? Nolf was a... Uh Winner by fall of 348 over Wisconsin backup Jared uh, Sharonbrook. TJ Rochelle out for Wisconsin. I believe he was at uh, an open tournament this weekend. Um, Sharonbrook looked a bit out of his element here. Nolf just kind of controlled most of the match. Uh, looked like he may have turned his ankle at one point as Sharonbrook got, was either a reversal or a takedown. And Nolf uh, tried to work up and kind of struggled a bit to work up, but... Eventually got the reversal at the end of the first to make it 10-3, and got another reversal to start the start second, make it 12-3, and locked up Cradle to take him over for the fall. Really not much you can learn here from Jason Nolf, just kind of out there against the guy who was a bit out of his out of his league and out of his element. Yeah, absolutely. I can't really say anything more about that. Uh, you know, Nolf, his typical dominant self. The match of the duel was at 165, Isaac Jordan and Senzo Joseph, Senzo Joseph, and uh, Senzo snatched to uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory here. This one had a big match feel to it going out going into the match, and then you could feel it as the match was going on because my heart rate was starting to rise even at zero zero, just kind of waiting for things to happen. Uh, Senzo did a really good job of pushing the pace throughout the match against a two-time finalist in Isaac Jordan. Um, led one nothing after the second period, after an escape. Uh, Jordan chose down in the third period and was able to uh, grab a reversal after Chenzo kind of got caught hanging on the leg. And uh, Jordan stepped over, but Joseph got the escape again, 2-2, with a minute 20 to go. And you could see Chenzo then working forward and kind of pushing Jordan to the corner of the mat, and uh, finally got in on a low single and really did a really good job to finish on the edge with about 20 seconds to go, taking a 4-2 lead. And at that point, Jordan really hadn't done much of anything from neutral. So with 20, no. with 20 seconds left, you're thinking, okay, ride him, maybe if, if you start to get in danger, cut him, or just cut him from the beginning, and with no stall call against you, you back up, but... Chenzo rode a little too hard and got into a, a similar situation where he was hanging down on a leg and Jordan was able to step over and get a reversal and almost got too near fall to end the match, which I thought yeah. he probably should have deserved there, which would have ended the match 6-4. But uh, match went into sudden victory and Joseph took a shot early and again, Isaac Jordan with a really, really nice counter shot and uh, was able to scramble and get the get the two for the win in sudden victory. But... This one was really frustrating. Um, a win probably moves Chenzo Joseph to third in the Flow Wrestling rankings, as it is. He's sixth between Dan behind Jordan, Daniel Lewis, and Chandler Rogers, who sit behind uh, Imar and Massa. But Chenzo had this match won and didn't really wrestle a smart last 20 seconds. Um, obviously, I think the easy thing is to say he, sh he should have cut him, and I agree. Um... I take a bit of issue with, with the coaches who need to communicate that to him. You can see when they stop the match on on the edge after he got takedown that, that Chenzo looks over to the bench 
And at that point, somebody needs to get the message across that there's no need for him to ride him tough. At no point in that match was he in trouble on his feet. No. So yeah. while while I believe I thought, it falls yeah. on Jordan on Chenzo because ultimately he's wrestling the match, that needs to be clearly, clearly communicated to him that, that he should be cutting him off the whistle or not even trying to really ride that hard. Well, I thought it was fine when he because. I think they went up into a rear standing position, and I thought it was fine for Senzo to hang on right there as much as he could. But then I, like, I'm pretty sure that he dropped down on a leg, right? Am I, am I remembering correctly? Like they were in rear standing, and then he dropped down on a leg. Yeah, they got to. He kind of worked up to his base. He wasn't quite straight, quite vertical. I think he was kind of had, had sat out and was working up where when Senzo dropped down. But I don't even know why when you when you get to that point where he's kind of sat out and starting to get to his base, that you, you don't cut him immediately. I mean, yeah. Jordan shot... Did Jordan once get on a leg? Maybe maybe once in that match? At that point, you have no stalling against you. There's maybe 15 seconds or so left in the match. You're going to take a 4-3 lead if he gets the escape. And you can pretty much back up to a win. Well, and if you are going to drop down to a leg, you have the stall called in your pocket still, so... At least drop down to a point where you can get a five, where you like you get a five count and a stall. Well, I think he tried, but I mean that's, I mean you're in an area there when you're down on that leg where you're in in Jordan's wheelhouse. I mean he's a very very strong wrestler who loves to kind of feed those hips and step over, and and it's the exact same reversal that happened to begin the period. No, yeah. Well, I mean I was fine with him like riding him like when 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 he was like when 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 they were getting up to a rear standing position. Because like I mean, just to eat time, but then like he like he should have kind of known when to cut him there, like when it was like a 13, 12 seconds, and then and uh, it cost him dearly. But uh, better to cost him now than at Big Tens or NCAAs. It's, it's it's a lesson he will learn. Yeah, it's definitely a learning experience for for Chenzo, and it's a bit frustrating, obviously, because it was a chance to improve his ranking, improve his seating, more importantly, where. He could have maybe gotten a three seed for for the Big Ten tournament, where he would have been likely opposite Massa rather than Martinez. Um, but he'll get a chance at Martinez down the road. Yeah, I mean, um, he could still get a good seed. It's just, I mean, I, more than anything, I think it's frustrating, and you don't want to be too hard on him because I mean, if you watched his reaction or listened to anybody there. Nobody's beating him up any more than he's beating himself up over that. But it's just a really frustrating result, and you can see that from his reaction. And I think the coaches kind of know that they, they – I don't want to say that they let him down, but, I mean, that's a sense of what happened. There's a reason that they're there. That needs to be communicated to him. And we haven't really and who seen knows? That. I mean, who knows, who knows if it was or wasn't. I mean, it might have been. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the kids wrestled enough matches in his life. Where um, it shouldn't have been a thing. But – uh, yeah, he was not happy with the result of the match, um, for sure. Beating himself up pretty good about also, it. Also, a side uh, note for that yeah. on, on Chenzo. Um, I don't know whether you listened, but some genius decided that they were going to reply to the Penn State wrestling account and say that he made a stupid mistake and needs to learn from it next time if he wants to be a contender. At which point Chenzo decided to reply and say, okay, buddy, I'll get that next time. I'm sorry. So yeah. uh, good job by you, Chenzo, by shutting up the trolls. Uh, we are all for that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it didn't take a rocket scientist to know what went wrong. Like, okay, um, yeah, no, I mean, but like at the end of the day, he wrestled a really good. I mean, uh, it's funny because I was saying that it's a seven-minute match to people when um, Mark Hall pinned uh, Ryan Price at the end. But like mm. I'm kind of like being hypocritical here. I'm going to say like I mean, Chenzo wrestled a really good six minutes and forty seconds. Uh, oh, not I, perfect, not perfect. I mean, he gave him the reversal, um, but since reversals are only worth two points, which is stupid, um, I mean, it doesn't really matter that much if you do the beginning of the period. But um, yeah, I mean, he wrestled well. Um, let's go to 174. Mark Hall with his uh, this this would be his second match. With the red shirt off, he gets Ryan Christensen from Wisconsin and really dominates him, 17-4. to Yeah, this was a uh, really impressive performance by Mark, who was looking to rebound in his second match in the duel. You kind of felt that he was going to come out with some fire there, and he looked fantastic. Um, 
Christensen, a pretty experienced guy in his uh, redshirt sophomore year for the Badgers. Already wrestled number one Bo Jordan this year to a 15-7 to loss. So Mark kind of improved on that, which was impressive. Um, Price had beaten him 8 nothing earlier in the year, so he improved on that. Um, really impressive performance from neutral for Mark. And then a nice little trip there uh, with the double overs to get, to get uh, a six-point move there, which really blew it open. Yeah, uh, much better at a mark here. Rebound well. At 184 pounds, uh, Bo, Nickel, another pin. Um, I mean, it's kind of just what Bo does right now. Yeah, uh, Bo's probably as high as any wrestler in the country right now in terms of racking up bonus points. Um, wrestled Hunter Ritter, Wisconsin. And Ritter was just a bit out of his league here, out of his depth. Um, Bo gets fault 235 mark where he was already up, I believe. I believe he was already with up ten nothing if he if he wasn't able to get the fall. So just a, a pretty dominant performance against an inferior wrestler for Bo, which we've seen a lot of this season. Yeah, uh Bo really taking care of business out there. Uh doing both things. One ninety seven, uh Matt McCutcheon, uh in my opinion, wrestled one of his best matches of the year here against Ricky Robertson. A match that and I'm not I'm not uh I'm not saying it's like to, to get action clear, but I'm just saying just to demonstrate that this is a match you could have lost that uh, you pick Robertson to win. Um, so, I mean, that shows I, I picked uh, McCutcheon uh, and he picked Robertson. So, I mean, pretty much a toss-up and he really dominates a, a 2 nothing win uh, with the riding time point. Yeah, I watched this one with the, uh, the biggest grin on my face. Just a really shit-eating grin. Um, probably one of Matt, I agree with you. I think it's one of Matt's best performances of the year. I think Robertson's one of the more athletic guys at 197. Uh, dropped down the flow rankings to 16 now after previously being uh, 14. But the type of guy that Bo could or that, Bo, that Matt could run into in a round of 12 match or a match to get through to the quarterfinals where he's going to need a a win to be an All American contention. And really, he didn't. I mean, the score doesn't tell the story. It's 2-2. But even if if Robertson gets out there late in the period, he would would have probably lost 2-1, and it looked like Kutch kind of was in control much of the match, if not the entire time. Yeah, a really good 2-0 win there. Uh, not my favorite scoreline, but as good of a 2-0 win as you can have, really. Uh, good 285, uh, Connor Medbury, ranked number two in the country, against our Nick Nevels. Uh, Nevels with a really, really nice takedown to go up in this match, 3-2. Um, well, three one, and then escaped three two. Um, did Medbury, uh, but you know Medbury, uh, you know took the Olympic red shirt last year. is, is really really good. Um, if Kyle Snyder decided to turn pro in the next five weeks for some reason, uh, Medbury would probably be the favorite at that weight. Um, gets the late takedown, uh, probably about what forty five seconds left. I mean, there was a decent amount of time he had to ride him out, but uh, and then rides out Neville's for a four three win. Yeah, this was a, a tough loss to take for Nick, but really encouraging. I mean, which is weird to say. Um, I think by almost every count, Medbury is the consensus number two wrestler in the country at 285, and Nick Nevels was right there with him in their first meeting and on the road. Um, just really gritty stuff from, from Medbury to get, get that late takedown after Nevels had taken the lead. And the ride out. Um, for one, Medbury is just, he's a full size 285. That is a big, yeah, big boy. He's big. And he has legs that are like the size of certain people's waists. So, really impressive by Nick to get that get that takedown. He had to fight hard for that takedown through a really, yeah, really a nice tough, takedown. really, really tough wizard. Um, you would like to see him maybe stay with a bit more forward pressure in the third period. I thought he was a bit tentative trying to protect the lead, which I understand, but I think it kind of got him on his heels and kind of cost him a bit with that with that late takedown. I thought he got got caught out of position, but um, to be right there with a guy like Medbury coming off of injury and only, what, 15, 20 matches into the season is a good sign down the road. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, uh, I'm not one for moral victories, but... Uh, I, I I thought Neville's wrestled well and, and could definitely beat him down the line potentially. Um, one 
25. Um, Wisconsin sent their first string, Johnny uh, Jimenez, uh, to that tournament that they sent uh, their 157-pounder to. Um, they were gone, so that meant Nick Serrano got to wrestle probably, would you say, the best name on this Wisconsin lineup, Jens Lantz. Uh, Jens Lantz reminds me, reminds me of the, uh, the strong German gentleman from the movie Heavyweights, for those of you who've seen that movie. Um, it, reminded me, it reminded me of the guy that sharpens um, Gordon Bombay skates in Mighty <laughs> Also true. But uh, a really good performance here from Soriano. Um, for those of you who are familiar with, with the career of Nico Megalutis, it's very, very eerily similar to watch Nick Soriano wrestle. Um, Nick maybe has a bit of a, a better game from top than Nico had early in his career. But they just wrestle very, very similar matches and, and to an extent, similar styles. I think Soriano's a bit more powerful and, and maybe doesn't work angles quite as well, but same comfortable major decisions. Maybe won't blow anybody away, but can beat anybody in the country. Probably isn't going to lose to anybody he shouldn't lose to. It's it's like Soriano, or it's like uh, Mega Lewis really never graduated because you just have that guy that you're like, Usually you just have that guy that's like, okay, he's the number one or two wrestler in the country, and he's probably not going to lose to anybody lower than three, and he can probably beat anybody. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, with all that, Triano, uh really stepping in well there, as, as we thought he would. I mean, expectations were high. Uh, at 133, uh, we see the debut of Tristan Law. Clay, Tristan gets the first takedown of the match. With some good wrestling on his feet, I'm pretty sure he had gotten in deep on a shot uh, before he got he, he gets the takedown. He did. Um, excuse me. So I mean, he really had two. I mean, he looked really good from neutral. Um, not as good from bottom. Well, theory time. My theory is that Kale, who likes to start at 125, had them draw weights, which I don't know for sure because I know Tristan was coming down from 141. I don't know how hard the cut was for him or if he had been at 133. But I think that might be why we didn't start at 125 that night. No. Um, but Kale, Kale never draws. A good performance by Tristan on his feet. Uh, unfortunately, folk style yeah. wrestling requires you in most situations to wrestle some of the match on the mat. And that did not go very well for Tristan. No. Yeah, he probably would have beat him in a freestyle match. I mean, I, I would think. But, like, no. He was, I mean... Uh, I don't want to like you know criticize the kid too much, but not good. I'm, like, and I'm sure he's the first one to tell. I mean, I'm, this is no secret, but not good on bottom. Not a good performance from the bottom position. To be honest, one of really the worst I've ever seen from a pesky wrestler on bottom. I mean, oh my god. I mean, oh, <laughs> never close. Never, never close to getting out. You, you don't mean to pile on, but it was kind of a a learning experience for Tristan. Who took a 17-2 loss at the at the Tech Fall loss at the seven minute mark to uh, unranked Eli Stickley of Wisconsin? He didn't give up a takedown. I mean, he got teched and, di- and, and didn't give up a takedown. Yeah, um, it was something. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's so rare. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen a Tech Fall without without a takedown, um, but uh, it happened. Um, Gives Wisconsin and within 23-11, the duel's already clinched. Or well, I guess not clinched, but you know, I mean, they're up 12. They needed two pins. Um, let's go to 141. With uh, I, I wrote the article for this match for Black Diaries. My wrestler of the match, uh, Jimbo Gulaban, here with a 15-3 major for Colmar and Jimmy uh, finishing shots, man. Yeah, um, I like this new and improved Jimmy. Uh, second yeah. straight match, he just came out firing. I think Jason Nolf mentioned that he's not wrestling to win anymore. He's just wrestling to score points. And when you start to do that, you start to loosen up. Uh, Martin's a guy that's been around the rankings all year. Um, and the type of guy that's really type- given Golobon trouble over the last two years. And he just, Jimmy just blew through him. I mean, he's got that head-outside single where he doubles off quickly. Uh, he's got that working, like, whenever he wants it. Uh, this is this is fun. Uh, I'm hoping yeah. we, we, we can see this Jimmy Golobon continue 
to wrestle this way yeah. going forward. I mean, if he gets five takedowns Friday night against Luke Pletcher, uh, he could be in business at 141. Because I mean, not that Pletcher's a national championship contender, but Pletcher's a very good defensive wrestler from neutral, especially. Um, so I mean, if, if Jimmy's taking him down, and he's been taking people down the last three matches, uh, it could be onto something here. Yeah, it should be a, a very, very good match, which we'll, we'll touch on later. But another really good performance, and it's nice to see the confidence build for a kid that really deserves it and could really use it. Yeah, good job, Jimbo, uh, my uh, wrestler of the match. Uh, 149, this kid could be pretty much the wrestler of the match every meet, but that'd get boring. Uh, Zane Rutherford pins Andrew Crone in 430, and Penn State wins 33-11. Yeah, uh... Rutherford got up 10 nothing early, and Crone got a reversal, and if we've learned anything, it's that scoring on Zane Rutherford probably just means your demise is going to be more painful than it would have been otherwise, um, and that was really just the case, as Crone got worked over for the fall at the 430 mark to give Penn State the 33-11 to victory over Wisconsin, and a really good victory that could have even, I mean, what? Wisconsin had two takedowns in the match, and it, I mean, it was, what, 30 seconds or so from yeah. this being a 39-5 to win? Yeah, no, it really was. I mean, excuse me for yawning, but, uh, you know, it, it, Penn State was really close to, to a 39-5 uh, win here. Uh, I mean, at the very least, I mean, you can say, I mean, Medbury, you know, that was pretty legit. I mean, he goes and gets the takedown. But, I mean, you know, Senso probably, you know, I mean, if, if, if you're looking at the ESPN win probability, was probably into the 90s and then lost. So, I mean, that's good. Um, but, yeah, no, overall a good performance for Penn State. And, and they, they uh, head back home on Saturday to, to State College and, and get, off the, right, get off the bus uh, and, and go right to practice on Saturday. Yeah, Penn State came home. Um, Actually tweeted out their their flight back through uh, Chicago, um, I believe O'Hare, and said that they're starting to live there. They've been back and forth so many times between the uh, East Coast and the Midwest, but got back, uh, squared off Sunday with unranked Northwestern, and Garrett, this was kind of a bit of a lamb to slaughter situation. Yeah, no question's bad. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, uh, I mean. Uh. Northwestern's program nice. has uh, fallen on hard times in recent years. Had some, yes. some transfers out, had some coaching issues, and some turnover, and it uh, has not treated them well. And this was uh, pretty evident on Sunday in Rec Hall. Yeah, so let's get started here. At 125, Nick Seriano, Anthony Rubinetti, Jersey native, not much to talk about here. Wins by fall in 310. Uh, good work from Nick. Yeah, Soriano comes out, builds a 10-2 lead after the uh, the first period, or already over one minute riding time. Took down the second start second period and uh, reached up, fell for the head, and was able to reverse uh, Rubinetti to his back and pick up his pin, which I think is his first pin in dual competition this season. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't. I can't remember anything else. But uh, did he? What about a Binghamton? I don't believe so. I believe this is the first pin of the season for. For Soriano, which is a really good good chance to uh, get that moment for him in front of, you said, yeah, a, a yeah. season-high crowd at Rec Hall. Yeah. Uh, man, imagine, like, that being your one trip to Rec Hall. I'm getting ahead of stuff, but, like, imagine that being your one trip to Rec Hall and, like, Zane gets a forfeit, Mark Hall gets a forfeit. Like, oh, I'd, I'd be so mad. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I just noticed that the, the – the Penn State, Go PSU Sports, said that Soriano is ranked number one nationally, which I wish he was, but he's not. Um, all right, let's go to 133. Jason Esparides, uh, going with it. Um, Beach, George Carpenter, who's back in the lineup, 4-3, to three, um, making it 6-3, to three, and, and, and that's all that Northwestern would get. Yeah, uh, two escape, or three escapes here for Carpenter to get, to get the points. Uh, really close for a fight, for, to a takedown late in the third period. Um, forced to stalemate with, I think, under a minute where it looked like he might come out the back door. Wasn't able to do so. 4-3 loss for Carpenter to Ipsarides. And really, at this point, um, 
not much you're super excited for for Penn State at 133. Just a tough situation yeah. with Cortez out. But it's nice to see Carpenter and Law get some opportunities. And uh, you've seen ish areas of growth that will be there for them throughout the year. Yes. Let's go to 141. Jim Goulbon, Jimbo, uh, wrestles Alec McKenna. As far as we can tell, no relation to Joey. Um, and Jimmy keeps finishing shots. Gets the tech fall in 525, 20 to 5. Yeah, uh, really, really good performance by Golovan. Maybe even more so than Martin. McKenna is probably not necessarily at the level of Martin, but Golovan came out, gets uh, gets a six point move, actually. Or he gets a quick takedown and gets a turn for to go up 6 nothing real quick. Um, and led, I believe, 10 2 after the first period. Um, just a fantastic start for Golubon. Um, builds that lead up to 16-3 with three minutes of riding time after after the second period. Uh, Golubon gives the uh, optional start, I believe, in the third and gets a quick takedown. Gets another quick takedown, make it 20-5. And when was the last time Jimmy's put up 20 points in the match? A really strong performance here again. Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, he looked good. I mean, I'm trying to think the last time he scored that much. What I remember was, like, last year against Matt Manley, but I don't know if he got to 20. Um, yeah, no, really good really good performance by Jimbo. Um, you know, he, he looks – I mean, we'll, we'll know more this weekend. But, and I know Clay is, and is adamant that he's not getting ahead of myself. And I remember I said in the preview podcast for the lightweights that I would not get excited about Jimmy Goulbon, but – that's a promise I broke to myself. Uh-huh. I'm excited. I'm, 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 I, I don't know. And it looks like the it looks like the light switched for him. Yeah. So, um, I, it's gonna be really telling to see what happens this week against Ohio State and Luke Pletcher. But right now you're seeing as aggressive as we've seen. Uh, I mean, Jimmy in two years. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, like. It's kind of like the way it works out, the schedule-wise. We have three duels left, but, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I like Maryland and Illinois don't have particularly good 141-pound kids. So, I mean, this is really his big, his last big – well, no, because we're going to go to Oklahoma State, I guess. So, never mind. But it's just when we win Friday. Uh, I was going to say, but, I mean, in the next two weekends, he's only got one test. But then, of course, he'll get Dean Heil. So, I, yeah. I, I, I messed up there. I would have liked to see what would have happened if Alfred Bannister – Baby J was still down at 141 for Maryland, but uh, he's up at 149 now. So really, uh, it's the last opportunity for Jimmy until Oklahoma State to get a big win here and against a similarly well, ranked Pletcher, Pletcher. against a yeah. similarly oh, yeah, ranked yeah. opponent in Luke Pletcher. Yeah. All right, let's go to 149. Uh, Jimbo or not Jimbo? Zane <laughs> runs out in the mat, you know, forfeit, whatever. Uh, kind of sucks. Yeah, two forfeits for Wisconsin, or Wisconsin. Northwestern on the evening here. Uh, a little annoying. You're allowed to travel 15 wrestlers, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, the, like, the one thing that's confusing to me is, is that they wrestled Friday night and, and passed skin. Like, I'm not saying that like, they did pass. I, I don't know what happened. I'm just saying it was frustrating that on Friday night they passed skin check and on Sunday they like, couldn't wrestle. Yeah, it's very, very, very strange that three wrestlers would contract skin issues between Friday and Sunday. Um, I don't know whether they didn't travel 15. I know Northwestern, for those of you who don't know, have a roster cap of 18, which makes things very difficult. Really? But, Why? But it's just the way their athletic department works. Um, they have a roster cap of 18. Um, but typically you'll see guys travel a an extra 125, 141, 157, 174, and then 197. So each guy could bump if they need to. I don't know whether things right. are treated differently at Northwestern. I don't know what their injury situation is with 18. That can make things very difficult. But it's yeah. very, very frustrating to see a program at the level of Northwestern that had been at the level of Northwestern Forfeiting multiple matches. Yeah, not not fun for the fans, really. Nazi Zane, but uh, whatever. He gets a six. Uh, it counts for most dominant wrestlers, so that's cool. Uh, and then we go to 157. Clay, probably the most 
mismatch, the biggest mismatch of any Big Ten wrestling match all year long here? I mean, he got a takedown, which is more than you can say for uh, some other guys against Jason Dolph. Uh, Jason Dolph taking on Ben Sullivan here of Northwestern. And yeah, it was, poor, yeah, Mr. Sullivan, poor Mr. Sullivan did not belong on the mat. Um, Nolf actually only led 9-6 to six after the first period after a really, really strange a strange takedown call for Sullivan at which point he, at where he was in rear standing. And Nolf, you need three points of contact for the takedown to be given, for those of you who don't know. And Nolf's hand never touched the ground while Sullivan was in a rear standing position. So I'm not sure after a review that probably wasn't necessary and killed the flow of the duel, gave him the takedown. Um, apparently that only angered Jason Nolf, who started down, got a reversal, cut Sullivan. Oh, uh, he escaped. He escaped. Oh. Got, got an escape then. Got a takedown and was able to lock up the cradle to get the fall at the 439 mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did get a reversal, but not right after like the takedown, like like what you're talking about was the reversal. Yeah, uh, I mean, this Sullivan kid was 0-22 coming in in his career. Uh, not not the best record for sure. I, I've seen better. Uh, Nolf's like 100 million seven and two. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest mismatches you'll see in college wrestling all year. Um, let's go to 165. Uh, and Senzo gets the day off, Senzo Jokes gets the day off, and we see senior Caleb Livingston, who was last seen underneath a heavyweight last year. Yeah, um, this was quite the, uh, quite the performance from Sullivan, who's down to 165 from technically wrestling heavyweight. Um, I believe that, that, if I recall correctly, he was weighing in around the 180s last year as he was wrestling a heavyweight, so... Uh, great he job, he got like, up to, What do you say he got up to? One ninety-five, I think. One ninety-five. So, a bit of a cut back down to one sixty-five. No, um, no. Yeah, something like that. It was co- a lot. The coaches said, uh, or Livingston said in his post-match interview with Jeff Byers that the coaches reached out to him Saturday about his weight. Um, nothing wrong with Chenzo. I think just an opportunity here for a senior in Livingston to get get a dual appearance. In front of the home crowd in the senior year, and boy, did he ever put on a show. Yeah, and I was wrong about Ben Sullivan. It's not him. That was Ofer. It's actually this kid from Northwestern, the Patron kid. I apologize to you, Ben Sullivan. Um, not that you're good, but um, you're not 0-22. Um, so this is, I mean, this is probably why Kale uh, gave the sense of the day off. Sense has been uh, wearing that heavy wrap on his knee. Probably a little beat up at some point, and this Patron kid... Uh, I'm sure he's a good kid. Was 0-22 going in, so he gives you know Livingston the the nod here. Probably his last chance to wrestle at Rec Hall, um, and you know does his thing, gets the fall, so and uh, ends, ends up winning the, the Ridge Riley Award. Yeah, Livingston really hossed him over there too. Uh, actually, it was good. 2-2 at one point after a return reversal, and Livingston got a reversal right back, um, which was a, a very interesting sequence there and. After Livingston was able to break him down, he just ripped him over with that power half. Got up 8-2 yeah. with four near fall. Patron was able to get back to flat belly out, and Livingston was having none of it as he got the fall in 219. And it was really, I mean, pretty dominant performance by Caleb Livingston. Yeah, it really was. I mean, Penn State's loaded in the room at 65 and 74. That's for sure. Um, between, you know, Livingston, Senzo, and then all the guys at 174. Um, speaking of 174, the guy there now is Mark Hall. Uh, I saw someone post on one of the message boards that they were excited. They had bought tickets, and they were driving a couple hours to watch Mark make his red call debut. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's so brutal. Is that, that's Get like the, the, the most well. unfortunate Penn State wrestling story in, in years. Um, it wasn't me or, or Clay. But. Mark, Johnny Se- Sebastian had come down. Actually, no, Sebastian's on 165 now, but a 174-pounder for Northwestern has to forfeit due to failing a skin check. So Hall picks up the uh, 
forfeit victory. And to that gentleman who traveled all that way to Rec Hall, if you come again, please get a hold of Garrett or I. We will recompensate you with alcohol because we're sure you could probably need it after making that drive to see somebody yeah, that's who didn't wrestle. I, I think he said it was going to be his only time up this year, though. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I was like, oh, that's really, that's really bad. Um, so, yeah, let's go to 184. Bo Nickel, uh, pretty sluggish against number 20, Mitch Sliga, who he'd pinned uh, twice before, I believe, in his career. Um, uh, he almost uh, pinned him uh, in the third period. Um, got the cradle locked up. Couldn't quite hip over. Um, so Sliga fought it off. And uh, Nickel gets a 10-1 major at 3-12 in riding time. Yeah, I actually thought Bo might have had the pin there for a second, but... I mean, it, I know I, I did too. I did too. It, it wasn't a certain thing, I, I, so I, I'm fine with the ref not giving that. Um, kind of lackadaisical from Bo. Um, maybe it's just our expectations are unrealistic. Um, getting a dominating 10-1 win over a ranked opponent in Mitchlaga, but um, still good. It's almost a, a bit sluggish, like you said. Um, never looked in any danger though, and picks up a good 10-1 win. Yeah. Let's go to 197. Um, Matt McCutcheon, Jacob Berkowitz here. McCutcheon opens up his offense here a little bit. Gets the 10 to 3 win with riding time. Just missed out on the major. Um, but, you know, good win for McCutcheon. Yeah, uh, another nice win for Matt. Um, you don't see a lot of guys down at, down at 190, or up at 197 who put up big points, especially in the back half of the rankings. They're just. The matches are generally slogs, um, unless they're taking guys over, which Cuts was almost able to do. But um, gets a number of takedowns here, earns a 10-3 win, and a really good performance here against a fairly middle-of-the-road opponent that he could be matching up with somewhere down the line at Big Tens. Yeah, yeah, good win. Uh, let's go to 285 here. Nick Nevels, Kona Jennings. Kona Jennings is a large man. Nevels got uh, two of the bigger heavyweights in the country this weekend between Medbury and Jennings. Nevels pretty much dominated this match for, the, for most of it. Um, he cuts he cuts uh, Jennings late in the third period. He'll uh, make it 4-2. to two. Look, I, Looking for something big. I don't know why because he, he still needed four points or uh, six points there for a... Uh, for a major decision, but he cut him, and he, 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 I mean, by seconds, misses getting taken over for the cradle and losing the match. Yeah, that was, um, I can't imagine the coaches are going to be very happy with that performance, and especially that ending from, from Nick. Um, you mentioned Cohen Jennings, large guy, weighed in, I believe, at 283 pounds, so really pushing that, yeah. that 285 pounds. like eight or something. Really, like, really, really pushing that 285 pound limit. Um, but just not a great performance by Nick. I don't know whether it was uh, a matter of him being a little let down after not, not getting the victory over Medbury or just didn't want to be out there against a clearly inferior opponent. No offense to Conan Jennings, but I don't think anybody's going to argue that fact. But he just wrestled a really sluggish match and then almost decided that he was going to give the match away at the end being lazy and sloppy. But as it is, holds on for the 5-4 round riding time. I'm sure uh, the coaches will have something to say to him in the room about that result and that performance. I mean, I didn't think it was bad. Like, I, I didn't think he wrestled an awful match until, um, like, until the end. That was that was not good. But yeah, so that brings the score here to forty-five to three uh, for Penn State over Northwestern. Um, yeah, I mean, not really much more to say about this. Um, I mean, Northwestern's not very good. Penn State is. Uh, for the weekend, Penn State had a 48-5 takedown advantage, 25-2 on, uh, on, on uh, Friday against Wisconsin, 22-3 or 23-3 against uh, Northwestern, so that's pretty good. Um, and that was Penn State's 27th straight dual win, um, which that's good too. Um, so, yeah, so that's it for last weekend for me. Yeah, um... Just a really comprehensive weekend from Penn State, who up and down the lineup really impressed a number of weights. Um, it's keeping the train rolling, but I think uh, this upcoming week is is going to be telling and kind of 
After after Friday, I think you might have had some guys who were looking ahead. Yeah, and I can't wait for that because Penn State is headed uh, for a 6 p.m. duel against the Ohio State Buckeyes um, uh, on Friday, uh, and which is, should be Penn State's last real test here in the Big Ten. Um, so, you know, that's a big match. Um and it looks like Ohio State's going to have Kyle Snyder back, which, uh, you know, at least, at least can make things interesting on the scoreboard. With, uh, more so than if they had wrestler backup. With everybody healthy in their full projected lineup, actually not counting Keyshawn Hayes, everybody that was currently healthy and dealing with minor injuries back in the lineup, I think Ohio State's probably the toughest test in the country for, for Penn State in a dual setting just from a matchup standpoint. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, so, yeah, we can go through these matchups here. Um, 125, um, we have uh, the Rodriguez kid from uh, Ohio State up against Soriano. Um, Rodriguez has really been struggling for the Buckeyes. Uh, Soriano, not so much. Um, so, I'm giving Soriano the, the major decision. Yeah. Um, um, Rodriguez really started out the season very, very strong, actually. And earned um, so, some solid victories. Um, I believe he might have had a victory over Tim Lambert. I'm going to check on that real quick. But um, has just not looked the same. Um, rumors that he might be dealing with the cut um, could, could be an issue with him. He could be dealing with a knee injury that's also been nagging him. But has just not been the, the, the same wrestlers since. But has a 7-0 yeah. victory against Darian Cruz to his record earlier in the year. Um, and he's just, again, not been the same wrestler since. And I, I think I'm with you. I think Suriano probably gets gets bonus points here and could get a major if he really pushes the pace. Yeah, I'm looking at the rest of the track wrestling page for him. I don't see where he beat him 7-0, but I do see, I mean, he's got some close matches here against um, good kids. Darian Cruz, who beat Joey Dance this weekend, he loses to 2-1 um, uh, back in November. Um, there's another one here that was of note. Oh, uh, Joey Dance uh, only loses four to three. Um, so I mean, he had some good matches, but then like since, since then, uh, so really since uh, the Christmas break is because I mean uh, before break he goes beats or beats Aaron Assad of Missouri, and then goes and tech falls Rubinetti from Northwestern, who's not great, but I mean he's still you know tech three minutes thirty three seconds tech yeah. fall. But then after break he goes. He loses to uh, Jimenez from Wisconsin, 14-2. Loses to uh, Pierczowski from Illinois, 10-0. And loses to um, Thomas Gilman, 23-8 uh, Tech Fall. So not good after the Christmas break. Yeah, and actually a correction there. It was a 2-1 win over over Darian Cruz early in the season on, in November. But later that month, he wrestled Joey Dance uh, in December and only lost 4-3. So just a pretty strong start to the season for Rodriguez, who also picked up a, a couple tech fall victories, a couple pins, um, but just has not been the same wrestler since dealing with either the weight cut or a knee injury. Or I, I don't think you just, that just goes away, but clearly having some issues in recent weeks. And I expect Soriano, if he pushes the pace, to get a bonus point here. Yeah, um, we go to um, 133. Not much to talk about here. Uh, Ohio State has the great Nathan Tomasello, who has a chance to finish his college career with just one loss. Uh, a lot of way to go there, but um, he, only, well, I mean, he only has one loss, right, through two years? Uh, I believe he has a couple of losses from his freshman year before the tournament. Okay, but fair enough. But a chance to be a three-time champion and really yeah. looking like the best guy in the country right now at 133 pounds. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who Penn State sends out here. Um, I don't really think it matters. I don't think it matters. I would probably throw out Carpenter as he's. he's I don't think yeah, you're trying to. Yeah, I think I, you're trying to give up five here. Yeah, and I, and I don't think Tomasello is the Turner that Corey Clark is. And Clark was only able to pick up a tech fall against Carpenter. So I, I think it's really really tough to tech a guy, even when the guy doesn't have that much from neutral. With just yeah, takedowns, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so I, I think the the smart move here for Penn State is to to throw out Carpenter, who hasn't quite got turned by 
as many guys or, or a guy like like um, the one thirty three from Wisconsin. So yeah. we'll see. I, either way, I think you give you you give Thomas all five points here. Yeah, I agree. Five and a half. Like, I mean, in my like, I mean, it's gonna be five or six here. I think. Um, we go to one forty one. Uh, we talked about this a lot. Um, Jimmy and Luke Pletcher. Um, I'm putting Jimmy as the favorite here. And, and when I go back through, I'm gonna give him. Uh, I'm gonna give him uh, three points here. I just think Jimmy's wrestling really well, and he's the more experienced wrestler uh, compared to the, the PA native Luke Pletcher. Uh, interesting matchup, though. Kids are the, the the two kids are from not far from each other, like less than ten miles. Derry area and, and Latrobe are close. Yeah, some Whippeal wrestling on display here for those of you from Western PA. Really a huge match, could be a huge match in in the duel for team scores here. Uh, you got Pletcher's ranked number 12 by Flow Wrestling, and Jimmy is up at, up at number 19. Um, this one's, I don't know how I feel. Uh, Jimmy's wrestling really well, but Pletcher can be a kryptonite for that because he can shut down offense with the best of them. And it's not because he's... He doesn't push the pace, but because he's just so good at head hands and so good positionally, and he's a bit scrambly too. He's not afraid to go over legs and put you in no, and put you in awkward situations. Um, I'm going to give Pletcher the win here, just because I, I think I, I'm going to be on the more cautious side with my scoring. But should Jimmy come out with a victory, I would not be surprised. No, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to be the one on one. I'm, I'm just giving the slight favorite to Jimmy Howard's wrestling. Um, so right, I've got it, I've got what eight four and you've got it you've got it what seven I've five Penn it. State. Well, I think I think Thomas is going to get the pin, so I have it uh, seven six. And I've got it, I've got it eight four for Ohio State. Okay, yeah. So we go to one uh, one forty nine. Saint Rutherford against Michael Jordan. Um, Michael will probably turtle up here because especially. Yeah, I mean, I would think, especially if Bojo and Slater are wrestling and they think they have a chance to win the duel. Um, but I still think Zane's going to get the bonus here because um, that's what Zane does. I'm going to give Zane the major decision over Mike Jordan. Yeah, I mentioned at the beginning of the season that I thought Micah might be the second best wrestler in the country at 149. Um, didn't show that in his performance against Brandon Sorensen where he was pretty much dominated in, what, a 2 nothing victory? Sorensen got the ride yeah. up. I believe yeah. Sorensen got the ride out in the third period, and Jordan was really not all that close. Um, Zane's a better better rider than Sorensen, better from neutral and a better turner. I think that Micah might be in for a long day. I'll give I'll give Zane the major victory there to make it eight eight on my on my scorecard. And I, that makes it eleven six. Um, let's go to one fifty seven. Um, Jason Nolf against. Uh, this should be Jake Ryan, right, uh, the coach's son. Yep. For the Buckeyes, um, yeah. Uh, at least his mama will get to see him wrestle. Um, but uh, like the way last year's match happened, where Nolf got really mad because um, he thought Ryan was taking advantage of the concussion rules and stuff. Um, I don't think this is going to end pretty for Jake Ryan. I think he's going to get pinned here by Jason Nolf. Yeah, Ryan uh, took a took a fourteen to three loss to Michael Kemmer just last week, and has really not wrestled well throughout the throughout the year. Has a loss to Casey Sparkman. Has a loss to Edwin Cooper. No, Edwin Cooper's last year. Uh, has a loss to T.J. Rochelle. Has just not looked good throughout the year this year. Um, I was going to go with with five points for Nolf, but I, I think. With a bit of revenge on his mind and with the way that Ryan's wrestling, he'll get worn down. I think Nolf will probably take him over and get the fall maybe in the late second or the early third period. And that will make it a 14-8 on my scorecard. Yeah, that, that makes it on mine. 17-6 uh, to six at the break. Um, so let's go to 165 play. 165, you're going to have uh, Cody Bercher, I believe. Is that who you're going to have in for... Ohio State against um, yeah against uh, Chenzo Joseph, who should be back in the lineup. Um, Bircher's been, if that's going to be his wrestling, up and down throughout the season. Um, whereas Chenzo's been pretty pretty comfortable against everybody he's faced 
not named Keaton Subject. Um, probably should have had the win last week. Could come out with um, really some anger behind him. Um, Bertrand was able to keep Joey Gunther from picking up bonus points. Lost 7-4. Actually only has a 6-4. No. Has a 3 nothing loss to, to Joey Gunther. And then has a 4-1 loss to Isaac Jordan. Uh, I think Chenzo with his style, if he can can wrestle through all three periods, is going to get bonus here. I'll give him the four points. Yeah, me too. I agree. I, I think Chenzo gets the major here. So it makes um, it... Well rested. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. That makes it, uh, what, 18-8? I got 18-8 on, on my card. And I have it 21-6. to six. Heading into 174, we've got uh, probably the match of the duel at 174. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you're going to have number one ranked Bo Jordan. I mean, t- I don't know. It's tough to overshadow uh, the nickel and mine one rematch. But. You're going to have – it's going to be tough. But you're going to have number one ranked Bo Jordan hopefully putting his ranking on the line against number nine Mark Hall. And, boy, this one should be – a doozy. It's going to be a tight match. I mean, either way. And I don't think it'll be particularly high scoring, but I don't think you're going to look to maybe a one takedown match. I think you could see a couple of back and forth flurries. Yeah. Uh, we give Bojo a lot of crap on this podcast for not wrestling. We'll see if he wrestles on uh, Friday. Even if he does, I'm going to pick Mark. I think Mark's going to win. Uh, be Bojo. I just think Mark's the better wrestler. Um so that brings it to me, twenty-four to six. You got Bo, who's coming off a three-two win over Alex Meyer. Um, Hall lost to Meyer, but we, as we all know, transit property probably not the best way to go about scoring wrestling matches. Um, I think Bo presents some issues for Hall. I think he's um, a full one seventy-four pounds, which is, is good for him to not have to deal with cutting weight or cutting as much weight. I think he's as positionally sound as anybody in the country. And it's really, really tough to, to work on his legs. So Hall's going to have to. I think his best opportunity to pick up this victory is to put in a good, really hard ride against Bo Jordan, which Daniel Lewis was able to do for Missouri last year at 165 when uh, I believe Bo got the win, but it was a very, very close match. Um, yeah. As of now, until I see otherwise, I'm going to give the – give the nod to Jordan. But again, like I said with Jimmy, I don't think it would be shocking to anyone if, if Hall was able to get the victory. No, I, I, I can see both of that. So what, I have, what, 28 to 6 here? And I've got... 24 to 6, 24 to 6. I've got 18 to 11. All right, fair enough. Let's go to 184. Uh, Bo, Nickel, I think he's going to be fired up for this one. Yeah, um... Those of you who are Penn State wrestling fans don't really need a reminder of the history here between Bo Nickel and Miles Martin, but both are up a weight this year. Um, Bo seems to have taken to the change a bit better than than Martin, who's really struggled a good deal. Uh, just lost a 5-3 match to Sammy Brooks, where in the third period he just looked like he had nothing left. But... Um, which is strange because, like, he should be eating better. Like, like you would think, you know, that's more uh, symbolic of a wrestler well, that's going down I think, weight, not one that's going up. I think Martin was probably an ideal 174-pounder and really needed to do a lot to get up to 184, where I think he was probably just overpowered by a guy like Brooks, especially on top, who can put a tough ride in. But I think Nichols probably a better – I mean, has a better top game than Brooks. And I, th- I think Bo's going to be – Pretty dang heated in, in this one. Um, I'm going to give him the major decision. Me too. I have that, that'll take it to 22-11 in in my on my score. I think I have a 28 to six. Let me check. Let me make sure I'm right. Four for Suriano, three for Jimmy, um, four for so it's 17 after Nolf. Four there. Three there, yeah, twenty-eight to six. That's what I have. So heading into one ninety-seven, one is another one where you're going to learn a lot one way or the other. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Colin Moore's looked pretty fantastic for much of the season. Um, got bonus earlier in the season by 
by Brett Favre, but was able to take Jaden Cox down twice, which, which kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes. Um, we're up to number four in Flo's rankings. Um, McCutton is number nine. I mentioned earlier in the year, I think anybody between three and eight or nine here can, can beat anybody else. I think you're going to learn whether that's the case in this one. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm picking Moore here. I think he's the better wrestler between uh, him and McCutcheon. So I'm, I'm picking Moore, which brings my score to 28 to, uh, 28 to 9. Uh, I'm actually, surprisingly enough, picking Moore as well. I think it could be a very, very close match. I think, um, unless he's just over completely overpowered, Kutch could do a good job of slowing down a really active guy in Colin Moore, who actually holds a loss, although it was two years ago, to, to Rocco Kaywood, but he's really improved in leaps and bounds over recent years. Um, and actually holds a 12-3 win recently over Ricky Robertson. So it'll be interesting to see whether Moore is able to assert his dominance the way he's done against recent wrestlers. I think Moore gets the victory, but I think it's probably closer than a lot of people expect. I'll call it Six to four for Colin Moore, which will bring the score for me to twenty-two to fourteen heading into heavyweight. Which means that obviously Penn State has clinched the duel for both of us here. Um, but you know, with Snyder wrestling, um, I'm going to give. Uh, you know, we don't we, we know all the things. Snyder is you know one of the best wrestlers in the world, pound for pound. Um, you know, probably the most accomplished college wrestler ever in terms of what he's done while he's in college. On the international stage, um, I'm going to give him the major decision over Nick Nevels. Yeah, um, I wouldn't, if I'm a Penn State wrestling fan or a national wrestling fan, use this as any sort of gauge to where Nick Nevels is, unless he just gets absolutely blown off the mat. Kyle Snyder's a freak of nature. Um, he just teched his way through Uregan and picked up a fall, I believe, in the final. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Ivan Uregan is probably the best freestyle tournament in the world other than the world championships each year. And Snyder just absolutely dominated, albeit against a somewhat watered-down field this year. But uh, I don't see how you keep him off of your legs. And yeah. I, I, if, if I'm Snyder, I think Snyder can get, a, get his low single against any wrestler in the country. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but... I I don't know if I'm going to give him the major, but it's going to be close. I'll say I'll say ten to four here for Kyle Snyder. All right, fair enough. I mean, I I can see him not going to be too. So that brings it to twenty two seventeen for you. Yep. Ten. Yep. And for me, uh, final score of about twenty eight to thirteen. Um, so I mean, both of us having Penn, have Penn State win, um, which should send them to uh, to Stillwater, Oklahoma, in two weeks for the national duels. Um, so that's our preview for Ohio State. Clay, we're about running out of time here. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, barring an epic collapse, that'll send Penn State probably to uh, to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State in the national duel championship. Um, in similar news, Penn State actually jumped up to number one in the team rankings in recent weeks, both on the internet and on Flow. Flow in this past week with some, some key losses for Oklahoma State. Uh, you saw Joe Smith take a big loss to Joey LaValle, 6-1. Uh, to one. You saw Anthony Colica lose to LeVon Mays, which I don't think shocks anybody. I just think I think those two are very evenly matched. Uh, Kyle Kretschmer losing to Dylan Wisman is very interesting. Um, I think Wisman's a very, very good wrestler with a lot of upside, but I don't think many people expected that result. Uh, 165, Daniel Lewis um, knocked off Chandler Rogers, 11-10, to 10, in what was apparently a barn burner. But uh, Missouri was able to take five matches, I believe, in that duel from Oklahoma yeah. State and, and move Penn yeah. State, help move Penn State to number one in the team rankings, where I think a lot of Penn State fans and some other some outside fans probably felt they belonged. Um had some guys in international competition this week. Uh, Nico Megalus and David Taylor both went over to the Paris Grand Prix. And both, as well as Matt both, Brown. 
as well as Matt Brown. Uh, good shout out there. Um, Nico and David Taylor, both winners of the Paris Grand Prix. Nico at, at 57 kilos and DT up at 86. Uh, I believe DC beat uh, Richard Perry, a uh, fellow American in the, in the final there. And Nico took out, um, I want to say an Italian wrestler in the final. In a very, very close, hotly contested match. Um, with rumors of new weights being added to freestyle and um, Kyle Dake actually jumping down to set back to 74 uh, kilos, it'll be interesting to see what Nico and DT can do with those weights going forward and see maybe whether they can make a world team in the next year. Yeah, I agree uh, 100% with that. Um, uh, the, the added weight should really help those two kids especially because um, it's kind of like two of the more crowded weights in the USA freestyle circuit um, for Nico and David Taylor. Um, well, that's all the time we have. Um, like, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Um, hopefully Penn State gets it done this weekend against the Ohio State Buckeyes. And we will talk to you guys next week. See you later. Peace out.